Welcome to the Latter-day Struggles podcast with therapists Brandon Patrick and Valerie Hamaker. Now, we have both been in the trenches for years with church members and heard about all kinds of problems, suffering, and struggles that church members have. We are here to have thought-provoking, honest, bold conversations about those false traditions that cause people harm. So let's go. Let's talk about church callings. Let's do it. All right, Valerie, I got a story to tell you. So um, so for a while, I was doing intakes. So what that means is it's, it's people who come into therapy for the first time. And what I would do is, is I'd do an assessment. I'd really get their story, kind of see what's going on, and then make a plan with them moving forward. So... Um, I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I heard all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Um, but I had this one week and it was, it was crazy. Um, now consider where I am and who I treat, you know, I treat 90% members of the church and I'm here in Utah County. And I had this one week where three guys in a row came in and they all had their own separate issues and things, but they all had major relationship problems, um, some addictions, and some issues with kind of feeling purpose and really succeeding and producing at work. Gotcha. And and uh, and I, as I talked to them, I dig, and I was digging in, and all three of them said something like this when I was talking about their their parents and their dad. They said my dad is, is the best guy. Um, he's a great guy. Um, I was raised very rigid, active in the church. Um, but my dad was never really there for me. Um, he was always gone. He was a stake president. Um, he was a bishop and, and he was doing the right thing, but I, I just didn't have much connection with him because I just didn't have much time with him at all. And, and it was crazy because it was, it was like one after the other. I had three guys in a row come in. And by the third one, I was like, hang on here. Wait um, a second. Wait a second. Like, this is a real thing. Um, yeah. You know, wounds from parents who, who are more devoted to their church calling than they are to their family. And, and I know to say that the church calling gets in the way of the family goes against a, a bunch of things that we're, we're, we've been taught. Right. Um, but I sit in the therapy chair and I look at the, I call it little t trauma, long-term, long, long-term subtle trauma that's inflicted by neglect from a parent who's always at church. That is trauma to their yeah. child. Um, and so the discussion I want to have with you, Valerie, is to really examine this of, you know, how do parents get themselves in that position? I'm sure they don't want to do that to their children. Um, how do we view church callings? Um, you know, things like, are we ever supposed to say no to a calling? Um, what do you think, Valerie? Well, I was just thinking actually I was feeling really sad. I'm just, I was just taking in what you had to say about, about these, these three gentlemen who 
it's interesting they didn't come into you know parent bash or to it sounds like it was just the opposite they were uh-huh. their, their frame was that of a lot of respect um it was it was added guilt too of like my dad was a state president and a bishop and here i am an addict who's destroying my marriage i'm not living up to what i should be because i should be on track to be a state president you know well, it's kind of kind of that feeling interestingly they're saying more you're learning more about the larger story than they are trying to tell you. They're trying to tell you one thing, but you're actually learning more about the, the, the dynamics of the family system in a way that they didn't intend to tell you, but they're telling you a whole bunch. Valerie, you're going to out us as therapists that that's what we're doing all the time. <laughs> we're looking, <laughs> looking at that, right? And as we're talking about this, you can automatically start to see that yeah. in these dynamics in these families. Well, it, what also occurred to me, Brandon, is if the same individual had come in and said something like, you know, I'm having all these struggles and my dad was always over at the bar and I was really lonely and he was never around. We would have a different idea. Come what a to horrible dad. What <laughs> right. an awful father. Yeah. And yet the way we have framed this sometimes, and I think this is what we need to dig into today, is that I believe and I work with, I've, I've been very lucky to work with a majority of very, very good pre, male priesthood leaders in the church. And yet at the same time to a child who never sees his father or, or his mother or her father or her mother, because of church callings, the, the, the damage may actually be very similar psychologically from the neglect standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Can something good really be something that's, that's bad? Right. And I think, yes, exactly. And I think, I think what we have to consider is that I think really where we get into the most trouble around this issue is that when a system mandates obedience to some sort of a principle without allowing the individual their own spiritual autonomy to decide for themselves what is right or wrong, then we get this is problematic because is a high demand church calling sometimes and in some stages of life absolutely good for the soul of the individual and and a blessing to their family yes but is it sometimes a very bad idea and not good for the soul or for the family and especially i think this has to do with life stage but if we don't let the individual discern but the institution imposes a soft mandate that nobody ever says no, lest your faith be in danger or you, mm-hmm. you know, are not smiled upon by God, <laughs> mm-hmm. then it then it takes a very the most important component out of the entire transaction, which is I as an individual have connection with the divine to help me understand what is right for me, for my part, for my partner, for my family, and for my larger life. If I don't get that then this is when the problem comes up where I do things that are actually not in anybody's best interest because I am being held hostage by, by the institution who tells me that I'm not allowed to think for myself on that. Yes. So I've, I've worked a lot with uh, Relief Society presidents. I've probably had uh, you know, a handful of Relief Society presidents that I've worked with. And over the years that I've done therapy, uh, in working with them, I've had maybe three of them go into their bishop and say, Bishop, I need to get released. And now you got to understand, 
um, you know, they're coming in to me because their marriage is, is at the bottom. I mean, it's, it's a mess and their family life and they got a lot of stress. There's a lot of parenting stress. There's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Relief Society is this stressor on top of all of it that's just putting them over the edge. And um, it, it's amazing, Valerie, the, the, the amount of therapy that I've had to do with these women who have gone into their bishop to say, I, I want out of my calling. Um, massive amounts of guilt, um, worried that they're letting God down. Um, not doing what their parents told them that they should do. And just, uh, you know, here they are needing more balance, needing more time to do their own self-care and their own, their, their own work for their family, yet, yet just talking themselves back into that calling um, over and over and over again. And, and I like, I like the, word, the words you use, a soft mandate. It's you know, something that's mandated, you know, there's a lot in the news right now about mandates and things like that. Something is that's mandated is not optional. Right. And in our minds and in the culture of the church, I think callings in many ways are, are mandated. Well, um, yes. I mean, it's interesting because that's, it's, I was actually just thinking, Brandon, about in any system, there are rules. There are explicit rules and there are implicit rules that nobody necessarily talks about, but everyone knows about. And I was actually thinking this is an implicit role, but then I actually had to double back in my mind and go, but actually it's not. Mm -hmm. This is an explicit rule. We have heard over the pulpit yes. any time that we don't turn down callings. And to that, I would say, do we or do we not have the capacity to discern what is right for ourselves and work that out with the divine ourselves. Because if that is in fact the most important thing that we're trying to cultivate in ourselves, which is a spiritual, like a relationship with our divine parents, then we have to be able to have the power to discern yes or no. But, but Valerie, here's the, here's the message that, um, that is, that I hear, um, that it's something like this. It's, if you get a calling or if you're in a calling and let's say you're going through a bunch of marital problems or issues and all then god knows exactly what you need and you've been called into that by revelation so how dare you um use your own agency basically to to say no or to ask to be released from a calling because because maybe amidst all that struggle that you're going through your calling is going to be your greatest blessing and God knows exactly what you need. So you just do it, right? And yeah. So so what I would say to that, Brannon, is that that's this, and I know I feel like I, I'm a broken record. I don't know if any people may be too young to even know what that means. <laughs> um, Re records are getting like back in style. They sell them right. at Walmart now. So. Okay. Well, I'm so glad I can go back <laughs> to my broken record analogy. It always returns to the same thing in my mind. It returns to the profound importance of one's own spiritual development. Yes. Because like, there's no black and whites in anything, honestly. There's just so little that's black and white because the deal is, Brandon, it may be that a, a responsibility and an assignment in church may actually be a deep and profound blessing in my life and in my marriage. But it isn't always. 
And guess who gets to determine that? Me, the spiritual developed Valerie who discerns what is right for me in my life where I'm not, I'm not shaded by fear or I'm not shaded by guilt or I'm not shaded by disappointing God or my parents or my bishop or whomever, right? Like I've got to have that capacity. And when I have that capacity, then I can discern what's right for me in that circumstance. But if yes. I don't have that, then I, I'm not going to be able to know and I will lean on the outside authorities that don't have, they don't know what's going on with me and they don't have that capacity, nor is it their right to say for me what's right for me. Well, fear and control are of the devil. And, and, yeah. and so when we're compelled and forced into something, I don't believe that's of God. So if I'm, if I'm working my church calling and becoming the best leader that I possibly can be because I feel tons of guilt and or the judgment of others or the voice of whoever in my head saying you better then am i really creating love am, am i really doing christ's work um i would say no i'm i'm more spinning my wheels trying not to get rejected and and judged um or judging myself right? and i th i think sometimes too what we end up doing is it, it, to me, I, I always think of Carl Jung's analogy of like climbing on a ladder, but you're, but you're leaning against the wrong wall. Like yeah. if I more of my calling, I will bless my marriage is sort of the, is in my opinion, sort of the, the lie. Mm -hmm. Maybe what I need to do is less of my calling and be spending more time with my partner. <laughs> yeah. And, and that right there, that that's the whole thing is that, but, but if I'm, I'm really thinking a lot about, about like these the mythology that has been created in the church around what it means to not say no. Right. And I think, honestly, I think, honestly, I can't, I, this is just me. And so I'm going to just throw this out here and I don't know if there's anything to this, but I have been doing a lot of uh, listening to a lot of church history podcasts and independent of that, it's just brought to my mind the early brethren leaving five children with cholera and going off to England for two years. I'm, that, you know, I'm being, uh -huh, yes, but that's highly problematic to me. They've got a woman, you know, and they've got sick kids and they're in on death's door eating turnips. I can just, I can just hear the naysayers right now thinking Valerie, they were heroes and, um, and they look what they had to do to follow God. They had to leave their, you think that was easy for them? They didn't want to, but they followed God. And I, I, I know. Who, who I, knows, I, Valerie? Who knows, well, right? And that's the thing. This is where I have to, I have to be consistent, which is it's none of my business to say whether or not that was right or wrong, right? I, cannot, I can't be in their hearts and minds and know what their relationship was with their divine parents and telling them what to do or tell, you know, corroborating that that was right. right. I just. I guess I'm just trying to say, I really hope that they did this because it was what they and God decided, not because some leader said, this is what you have to do. Because if that's what was going on, what we did is we birthed a tradition and a false tradition in our church that, that is very unkind to the families of the people that are out there doing something good for God, but not very good at all for the, for the partners and the children. I was uh, running a group this morning, and it's it's middle-aged men. They're all fathers, and we were talking about avoidance, 
and oh. uh, just a ways to avoid the the important things in our lives. Yeah. And one of the guys said, yeah, one of the ways I avoid is through church. Like I get busy at church. I get busy serving other people. I, you know, I look really good. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting to hear that because on one hand, we can look at that and say, wow, what a good guy. Yeah. Um, but when you hear it from that angle, it's like, no, 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 that's not a good guy. Um, yeah. That's a guy who's shirking his responsibility as a father and as a husband and using the church to avoid um you know it's it, i like i like how you said it like we don't know their where their hearts are um but abandoning your wife um for a long time with young children and sick kids it's hard to to see that as just yes no doubt that was the right thing to do valerie i've worked with plenty of church leaders a ton of them and i know this i know that many of them do their callings out of obligation or they do their callings out of praise of of, of men they they want the praise and what what i see on that back end is all the outcomes of that i see i see trauma to their children and i say men we talked about this women as well right yeah. women in their callings um but I see the outcomes of it. So I see them be depleted and resentful toward the church. Um, I see them feel, feel guilt and remorse about the time that they spend. And, and that to me is not Christ's work. And if you really look at like, we get a calling, why? What's the point of it all? Like, why do we, why do, we do this calling thing? I, well, I think is that rhetorical or are you actually asking? It's, it's rhetorical. It's to think about like what, yeah. like, okay, why? Yeah. So I, I guess to that, I would like to say, I mean, I'm really, you're getting my wheels turning here, Brennan, because I, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to answer your question, rhetorical or no. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think we serve because I think everything should be to the end of becoming closer to our heavenly parents. Yeah. And to me, and the other thing that was kind of bubbling up for me as you were talking is that the people that are resentful and angry and feel obligated, that to me is evidence of self-betrayal. Yes. And yet they don't know that that's what it is. They actually usually push it over to the church. It's your fault that you did this to me. And yet if I'm listening and I'm, I'm being someone's therapist and we're working through this, I'll, I'll slow that down and I'll say, hold on, hold on. It's no, it, 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 we got to look in the mirror because mm -hmm. yes, you may be a part of a system that in, in an unhealthy way, sort of soft mandates you to do this and gives you all of these sort of consequences of what happens to you and what this means about you if you say no, but you don't have to buy anything that they're selling, which is why personal authority is the foundation of all good, like whole spirituality. Yes, I should be able, let me just, if I may, I get, you know, we we're way into stories. Stories are the best teachers Please. of all, right? Um, so this just happened to me, had to have been just within the last couple of months because it involves Christmas. Uh, one of the counselors in, in my Bishop brick uh, dragged me into the closet. Well, that doesn't sound good. Drag me into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> that does not, we could do a full episode on that. <laughs> drag, let me rephrase, drag me into the closet slash classroom because we are multitask you know we, yes. we do we do two things in the same room or more so we go in and we have an interview and i'm i'm he's, he's asking me if i will be the ward choir director 
he called it the word chorister. So I'm looking at him and I'm going, okay, hold on. Are you asking me to be the one that like waves my hand in front of sacrament meeting with like no preparation? I'm like, sign me up. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can just show up and yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm already there. Bring yes. it. Anyhow, the next thing that comes up is, oh, and by the way, we have a Christmas program that you need to prep in the next three to four weeks. And I'm like, wait, something just changed here. That's not the same calling. I said, are you asking me to be the chorister or the choir director? Because I am not a musical person, like on any on any level. I am, however, right now, the, the children's chorister, which is really code for a really, really, really good circus performer where I can, yes. I can paint a crowd all day long with yep. no musical skills. So I think they may have mis, misunderstood that there's really no translatability to these two callings. And so right. I, told them that. I said, oh, well, this is easy. That's a hard no. I said, I, I don't have choir director skills whatsoever none right right so I, I said no I, I i'm not i'm not open to that wow and and he said well why don't you think about it and and you know which is mm -hmm. again it's part of how we roll around here go yes. home and you know stewing your guilt for a minute and uh -huh. dig deep and i said you want to put a you want a choir you want a concert by christmas am i am i getting this right which is four to five weeks away he said yeah i said i'm going to save everybody some time and energy here like the answer is legitimately no, because I, <laughs> call I will return back again to say the same thing. <laughs> I love it. And, um, and then furthermore, it goes just a tiny bit beyond that. I said, do I, do I get to keep my primary chorister calling either way? Like, and he says, oh yeah, we'll keep you in there. I said, okay. Cause here's the deal. I feel profound joy in teaching the children about the love of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and God. And I said, that is to me, where as a therapist, if I can help children feel the infinite love that their father in heaven has for them, independent of anything else, you know, color, race, gender orientation, all of those things, that is giving them a foundation that they desperately need right. as they move on in their church education and all the bullshit they need to go through. And I right. actually, once, and he said, well, I wouldn't have said it that way. Said, <laughs> We're having the interview in the closet. So therefore you <laughs> So anyhow, the thing ended and um, five years ago, I might've mulled over that and felt something different, but I felt nothing, but it was, it was absolutely Valerie authenticity. And I was very, very firm and calm because I didn't self-betray in that moment. Well, Valerie, there could be, so people could be listening and, and judging you and saying, well, look at her. She's in her pride. And, <laughs> and here's the deal. Um, is Valerie in her pride? Is Valerie in her truth? Um, yeah. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what our listeners think. What what matters is that you are being congruent with your heart, your connection to God and your truths. And so being able to say no and honestly doing it um, is absolutely the right thing. And it, it, and it all that matters is where your heart is. That's it, right? Amen. Amen. And I, I would say that, yes, I mean, and I think, again, when we are cultivating consistently trying to have personal authority and have the confidence that we know ourselves well enough to really say yes when we feel it because it's right for our souls, but also to say no, that that to me, it's it. I know it's it's like a it feels right 
and it gives us the gives me the ongoing confidence to act in my own truth and to yes. actually like disregard the invalidation of what anybody has to say. Yes. Like I legitimately am not concerned about what said counselor or anyone else feels about that because I only have to answer to one entity and it's 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 the divine. Preach on Valerie. I love and, it. And and I I consistently and it sounds like you do too because I have a a decent sized population of of Latter-day Saints in my in my office. This comes up more frequently than people may imagine, meaning that we people feel a lot of anxiety about their church callings. Oh yeah. Yes. Very common. Well, I think there's anxiety on both ends. There's anxiety on I don't want to do this and I feel guilt that I'm I'm like not magnifying my calling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like letting people down and God down and there's that side of things. And then there's the other side of things, which is I I have this calling and so then I I overperform. You know how many things I've gone to, Valerie, where it's like the reason we're here is not to like serve the youth or have this church party. The reason we're here is because somebody has a calling that they have to put on this church calling and we're all here to appease them because they did so much work to do the calling. And that's why we're all here because they're spinning their wheels trying to feel good about magnifying their calling. Yeah. You see, because they have anxiety about whether they magnify it or not. Um, and, and, and it's like, what are we actually doing here? Well, to me, that sounds like almost like a metaphor for somebody who's working out their own struggles with shame. Yes. I am not fundamentally good enough. And so I have to prove myself by doing something. And then I need the validation from outside. That's not magnifying your calling, believe it or not. Right. Right. And, And I think that's, this is where it gets so tricky, Brandon, is because I'm actually not discouraging. This is not black and white. There are other folks that do beautiful things that change lives. I mean, I have the ultimate respect for, you know, some of these youth stake calling people that put on (laughs) amazing things. Yeah. Amazing things. And they, and they do good work and they change the lives of the kids and they do so from a, from, from the right heart space. But that's not always the case. And so I think it's very, it's not right for us to sit over here and say anyone that throws a big, no, 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 no. no. And and yet I think sometimes we have to really, it really comes down to looking at ourselves. Like what is driving this? What is my motive? Yes. What am I trying to prove and to whom? Am I acting in my shame or am I creating love? Am I doing Christ's work? Because if you're acting in your shame, you're not. Um, if if you're if you're just if you're showing up as you authentically you and giving yourself to to that opportunity to to connect people and then yeah that you're doing Christ's work that's what I believe um, I, I do and that's why it's hard to say oh always this and never that that's that's actually a pretty good signpost that something's off if we're yes. always and never talking and, and, and telling someone else how to, because that's what I, when I'm, as a, when I'm doing my therapy with my individuals and they come in, I just recently, I had a woman that like, oh, I've got this and this and this and this and this, and I've just been called to the primary president. And I was like, okay, well, hold it up. I mean, you can't stop being a mom. All right. <laughs> can't stop this. You can't stop that. I said, tell me more about this calling business. Like, how does it feel? I'm not going to tell her, well, that's the thing that needs to go like, come on already. 
but I'm just checking in with her. And as we processed it to her, she said, you know what? My children are in the primary. This feels deeply meaningful to me. She says, I don't feel any resentment about that. Right. And so I was like, you know, and again, I, I can only, I, I, I'm hoping, but I can't actually even know what's, you know, the contents of her heart. But it, it always helps to just do a little nudging to be like, you know, you realize yes. you can say no, right? Right. And yes. usually their eyes get really big and they sit back. And, but we have to know we have the permission and sometimes we have to grant it to ourselves. Yes. Yes. I, I was running a group and um, two guys were in the group and one guy came in and he said uh, he was just called to this position that was a big calling. And he just said, I don't feel good about it. It doesn't feel right to me. This is overwhelming me. It's kind of the last thing I need in my life right now. And I was, before I stepped in or said anything, I kind of let the group do its thing. And one of the group members jumped right in with the, with the normal rhetoric, right? Of like, this is ex exactly what you need. It's called of God. This is like, like, you know, just like you need to do this. There's no, saying no is not an option. And then I said, well, what if saying no is an option? And, and the guy who was giving him all the rhetoric, he, he pushed back on me and he said, no, it's like, I, we've been taught that that's not an option. He said, how is, is this calling that's of God um, supposed to like, how is saying no doing the right thing? If this is coming from revelation and from God and blah, 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 blah. And as the therapist, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, this guy right here who just got the calling, the very thing he needs to learn in his life right now and the very blessing that needs to happen is to learn how to have boundaries and say no to people. He sucked at it with his, his wife, with church leaders, with his boss, with everything. And it was like, yes, him getting this, this calling or being asked is exactly what he needs because he needs to go in there and say no. He's that's getting... What, that's what he needs. Yeah, he's go ahead. Getting, it, it, in some ways, I find it so fascinating that so frequently we are getting all sorts of really, really, really good opportunities to learn and grow closer to God through the church. It's just in the complete opposite way that we would expect. It's very different than what's beaten into our heads sometimes. And sometimes what we need to understand is that God is sending us all sorts of opportunity to learn and grow by doing what feels the scariest and why, but that is not actually following sort of beating the drum of whatever the rhetoric of the church is. And yes. that's people, because that sounds so rebellious. And it's like, there's even a way to talk about what I just said, which is, Oh, you know, be careful about her. Mm -hmm. Right. And yet I think we have to say, wait a second, I'm trying to help people get closer to God. And if I have to, if I have to navigate them around a barrier, which is sometimes the institution of the church. Yes. I will do that all day long. Yes. If, if we, the, yeah. If the narrative and the agreement doesn't get you closer to God, then both you and I, Valerie, will, will speak against it. And, and, and we know that when those narratives run deep, that it will make people uncomfortable to, to hear what we have to say. And oftentimes they'll, they'll come at us and they'll say, oh, well, Valerie and Brandon are telling people not to serve and telling people not to, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's, yeah. that's not what we're saying at all. We're telling you to, to listen to, to God, follow your heart, 
trust your intuition and your gut. That's what we're saying. Well, and I, th- I would also say, just put a slightly different way, Brandon, that what we're trying to help people become is better stewards of their own inner divine. Yes. I love and, that. And someone who is a truly good steward of their, of their inner divine, of the spirit that was within them, they have the ability to be a little bit of a reformer or to say, that doesn't feel right to me. There's something within me that doesn't feel right. And that's different than, well, that sounds kind of scary, but I can do that. I mean, I've had, I've had moments like that before where I had, you know, I was offered a, a, a calling or a responsibility and I was uncomfortable, but the setting and the timing and my psychological state and things, they were okay. Yes. And I was indeed deeply blessed by those things. There have been other things and times where it didn't feel okay. But see, once again, I have to know myself well enough to know when the revelation for me is to do that thing. And I think what you said a minute ago is once again, bears repeating in terms of its importance is we can't lean on the inerrancy of people handing us the calling as the, as the automatic mandate that it's not mandate, yes. automatic that it's automatically inspired yes i think yeah. that needs to be sort of the premise of all of this it may be but it may not be because they're Go really take it to god yes exactly and interestingly just as a little follow-up to my story about the choir director thing uh just in the last time last week's testimony meeting a gentleman got up and this just tickled me to no end and he was tearful and he said i cannot tell you how deeply blessed I am in my new calling as the word choir director, because I have a degree in music and I've never been able to use it. Oh, interesting. And this is, and I was just smiling because I thought to myself, isn't that funny? And I nudged my husband, woke him up incidentally. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, Hey, look at that. They got it right on, on, you know, on their second try. And I was like, so grateful that I had the courage to say no say no to be where I know I, I need to be right now and to give this man an opportunity to be having a really profound experience in his faith development, feeling like God really saw him. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it, Valerie. Um, we got to wrap this up, but I'm going to give a few pointers on uh, how to avoid um, really big church calling. So this is kind of tongue in cheek. I'm kidding a little okay. bit, but if you're, <laughs> if you're a guy, all you have to do is grow a ponytail. Um, <laughs> but if, well, at least here in Utah, where every, you know, all your neighbors are members of your ward, um, when you first move into a neighborhood, then put a bikini on or like a, a, a thong whatever, and sun, sunbathe in your front yard. And you just need like a couple people to see you once word will get around and you'll never be the bishop. Oh, you'll never be yeah. A, yeah, you're good. So well, we might we might be moving beyond this, but for a period of time, it, all it took was a non-white shirt. Oh yeah, yes. Like or, you you said bullshit at church, Valerie. <laughs> well, yeah. you're you, you're employing a few tactics yourself. It was in the closet, Brandon. Oh, Had it, I was, been uh, it was in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you give your uh, talk when you first join a ward, just yeah, drop drop a swear word in the talk, and you're just, good. Just subtlety yeah, yeah I mean, stay, you'll stay out of those callings so well and the interesting thing is you know i think as i think there are every system has a different personality right mm-hmm. and that includes a congregation and i remember vividly visiting a ward with my husband we were traveling somewhere in southern california and a member of the bishopric with 
long beard and ponytail. Whoa. Yeah. Um, it looked like he just got off the beach surfing. He was a younger guy, but probably in his thirties, he conducted. And then he went and sat down with his wife and children in the audience. Whoa. Scandal of all scandals. Whoa. And then he got up and he conducted and closed the meeting out. And we were, we were struck by the wisdom <laughs> and also by the, like, how funny it is that that feels so like naughty that something <laughs> as logical as that went down in a ward. My guess is, is that guy's energy, if you were to go get to know him, was really grounded, mm -hmm. easy to connect to, yeah. um, just authentic. Yep. And isn't that interesting? Because he's, yeah. you know, I think I, I lived in Hawaii for three years and, and they get it there. Um, yeah. You go to church there, it's a much different experience. Yeah. Most people are in their flip flops, um, yep. white shirts with no tie, and just so chill and non judgmental and and no no pressure like there's not a ton of pressure there to perform or anything like that so well i think yeah. the question that we have to ask brandon is are we there to worship and come closer to the divine or are we there to follow a bunch of rules exactly exactly that's it um awesome valerie great discussion uh, yes if you relate to this or if this discussion has helped kind of ease some of your shame um, then it might ease somebody else's. So be brave, share it, um, let people know that this podcast is out there and we would love your uh, ratings and reviews. Thanks guys. We'll see you. Thank you guys. Bye.